Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Scotty. How's it going? <laughs> Can I call you Scotty? <laughs> uh, you know, it, feels weird. Feels weird. <laughs> my, I, basically, uh, the people I play soccer with have always called me that. And All right. Well, yeah. well, we'll have to start playing soccer together. and then. Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Scott, Scotty, Scott, Scott Bland on the results or lack of results and what to watch for as votes continue to be tallied in one of the most unusual and consequential elections in U.S. history. So uh, here's what we know. Uh, Donald Trump has won Ohio and Iowa and Florida. You know, basically uh, this collection of states that he won in uh, 2016 where polling had Biden looking very good in 2020. Um, and, And he has he has won those and, you know, cut off a lot of avenues Uh, to the presidency for Biden. However, neither of them is anywhere near clinching 270 electoral votes. So, you know, we're we're in this limbo situation that we've actually been talking about and writing about for a while. And so, you know, we're prepared for it. But uh, but, you know, (laughs) living through it is a a little bit of a, a different experience. But we know that, you know, the most important states from 2016, the ones that tipped the presidency to Trump, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, uh, they're all counting slowly because of the vagaries of state law, how they deal with their their mail vote. And and so we're, we're going to be stuck here for a little while until uh, they count their vote. And so you had Joe Biden come out and say, I'm feeling good. We feel good about where we are. We really do. Uh, you had Donald Trump come out and and go a little bit farther than that, say, you know, his campaign is preparing legal action, say that there's a fraud being perpetrated. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. He's talking about and touting how far ahead he is in the current vote count. But there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of validly cast ballots that that are still yet to be counted. As all of this is being counted up, what do you think is going on inside of both of the campaigns? Like for Joe Biden, you know, obviously he's had some big wins, but at the same time, there wasn't this massive blue wave that his campaign was kind of hoping for. If you're in Joe Biden's campaign, what's going through your mind right now? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, a few things that come to mind is just, first of all, you know, the America that that you, you thought you were running in isn't isn't really the one that exists. And, and in fact, the America that you might become president of isn't isn't the one that, that you thought it was. Um, there's, there's some other considerations too. You know, Biden could end up being the first president in more than three decades uh, to, to, you know, be, be inaugurated without control of Congress, uh, which would have obvious ramifications for his agenda. Um, so, and, and, you know, again, the what we've seen tonight doesn't close off the path to the presidency, but it has closed off, you know, a lot of the options, and and there's a it's a much narrower path. It's a much closer election than uh, certainly than the public polling was portraying. What about 
President Trump. I mean, you know, we saw early this morning his his press conference where he was making some baseless claims, uh, declaring early victory, essentially, in the election. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. I mean, what do you think his campaign is is thinking right now? And, and what's the strategy behind the messaging we're hearing from him about votes before the final results are in? Yeah, you know, there, there's a few things that are happening. One of them is going to be this legal fight over some rules that changed in, in a few swing states about uh, whether absentee ballots have to arrive by uh, the the close of polls on Election Day or if they can be postmarked on Election Day and come after. And, you know, in some states that's codified in state law. In other places, uh, court orders kind of changed it because of the pandemic. And and so there, there's going to be a fight around that. So we'll be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. We want all voting to stop. And, and Trump is trying to rev up uh, supporters around the idea that, that this is being used to steal the election from him. But it's all getting, it's all getting caught up in the fact that there are uh, still also a ton of ballots left to count that were received, you know, days or weeks ago, probably. And so it's, you know, it's it's this kind of muddled thing that is, is obviously very, it's a very touchy issue. And so I think people are going to get riled up. <laughs> how, how seriously do you think people should be taking the president's comments here? I mean, obviously, like, it's huge. You have a U.S. president who, who's prematurely declaring victory. But at the same time, you know, it is a president where people have come to expect some ludicrous statements. I mean, what should the the American public be thinking about what he's saying right now? You know, the main thing I'm thinking about is just letting the process play out. And and, and now the issue with that is to what extent can, by, by Trump saying and ordering his campaign to do things, interfere with the process, right? Um, with, with votes being counted. But, you know, ultimately, the things that candidates say have no bearing on, you know, what election administrators do and and when they're counting validly cast votes. And so, you know, to, to some extent, I think there's the usual bluster that obviously has, has very high stakes at this moment, but it's not necessarily not necessarily such a big deal. I mean, it's, it's terrible for, for norms and, and it's terrible in terms of incitement. But in terms of actually affecting the, the election results, you know, I, I think it remains to be seen whether his complaints will actually change anything about the vote count. What about the House and the Senate? I mean, the presidential race is obviously huge, but it's not the only thing that people are voting on. Um, Dems were hoping for a huge blue wave um, in, in both chambers. Are we seeing that happen at all? You know, we're not seeing it. And, and I, I'm hesitant to, like, totally close the door on it because, you know, there is this mail vote that's outstanding and it, it's going to take some time to work through it. But it, it, it doesn't look like Democrats got what they want. I mean, they, you know, they lost some uh, congressional seats in Florida uh, where the, it looks like the Cuban vote swung swung hard against them in a way that I don't think people were expecting to, to that degree. Uh, some of the districts they had targeted for pickups in, in, in places around the country didn't really come through. And so, you know, and, and again, it gets back to this question of like, if if Joe Biden did win the, the presidential election, we'll find that out as the votes are counted. If he ends up coming in without control of uh, the Senate necessarily, um, and, and we're still waiting on some some key races, that is by no means over. 
But, you know, if he were to come in without control of the Senate, that's that's a really weird situation. Again, it hasn't happened in 32 years. And it's, we're talking about a completely different political situation than when, you know, George H.W. Bush could could do business with, uh, you know, Democrats who controlled the House of Representatives uh, and, and the parties weren't as polarized on ideological lines. It's just a completely different world right now. And so, that, I mean, that potential scenario is is a lot to to try and chew through. I just have one last question for you here. I mean, the results or this lack of results, like it's something that you and our other colleagues and lots of reporters have been saying could happen, but it's still really frustrating, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, I've been watching hours of TV. I'm tired. I think a lot of people are tired after all of this. And it just kind of sucks to like not know who the next president is going to be right now. Right. Like, yeah. What can you tell me or tell anyone who's listening to like make us feel good about the next 24 or 48 hours or however long until democracy plays out? Yeah, I I would say this is normal to some extent. Um, Obviously, it's not normal for presidential elections. We we don't do this every every four years. Right. But this happens in elections in America. Uh, We go to bed and we wake up and we don't know who won the Arizona Senate race in 2018. Uh, or some house races in California. But, you know, it, it, it happens in a few places uh, every time, and, and it works out. You know, people, people, it's uncomfortable, and maybe people are worked up for a few days, but it works out that person takes, the person who won takes office, the person who lost concedes, and life goes on. And, you know, obviously some of the rhetoric around uh, this election has been uh, very heated, and it's possible we're looking at a little bit of a different situation in terms of what the candidates do. But this sort of thing happens, and it works out. Scott Bland, thanks so much for talking with me. Hey, thanks for having me. Scott Bland is a campaign editor here at Politico and host of our weekly politics podcast, Nerdcast. Be sure to subscribe to that wherever you're listening. And to stay up on all of the latest election results and analysis, go to our website, politico.com. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.